Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to to Adventures Adventures in Collecting, Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. We're back. We're back. It's Monday. Hi, everyone. Um, so, uh, Dave, I feel like it's kind of, um, it's kind of, uh, appropriate for us to say it's, it's Monday and you know what that means. Yes. Given, given our guest today. So as usual, Dave, uh, with a guest on, Eric, please do not bury the lead. (laughs) I'm, I'm not going to bury the lead, Dave. Um, so jazz wares, right? They are very literally nearly everywhere in the toy world these days. Um, with the likes of Halo, Fortnite, Pokemon, Roblox, and uh, and even UFC figures dominating the toy aisles. But with all of those IPs that we just mentioned, nothing is quite as hot as their current AEW unrivaled line of wrestling action figures. And joining us today is the man who has the task of turning your favorite AEW superstars into highly articulated, highly detailed toys. I, of course, am talking about Jazzwares' lead designer, Magic Almost. Magic, thank you so much for joining us on Adventures in Collecting. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, we are excited as well to, to have you. Very much so. Very much so. Uh, so how, how, how's everything going? Uh, we were talking a little bit before we, we hit, we, uh, hit record here. So, uh, did you enjoy a, a nice little restful period here before you, you kind of kick it back into high gear? Most definitely, yeah. With the Chinese New Year, things slowed down a little bit, so it's been a little, little easier these last two weeks. But yeah, it's been really stressful, obviously, getting all this stuff done. But it's been really worth it, and definitely rewarding in the long run. Well, it's it's nice to hear that you, that you got to come up for some air for a little bit. That's that's important. Yeah, definitely. I've been catching up on some video games. Ooh, what, are you, what are you playing? I've been replaying God of War four on a PS five. Nice. It's, it's gorgeous, like, isn't it? Yeah, it's mind blowing how much better it is. Yeah, between the, between the, the graphics bump and the uh, the frame rate, it's 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 worth the upgrade for sure. It's almost like my favorite game on PS Five, just in general. It's pretty insane how good it is. Yeah, uh, it's. I think I, that's probably. I keep hopping back and forth between finishing uh, the Miles Morales game with my daughter. She likes watching all the Spider Man stuff, and then when she goes to bed, I. Uh, I fire God of War back up, and I play through it again. <laughs> I, um, I have not played uh, the newest one yet, but I, I am a fan of the series. That's excellent. You got to try it out. So before before we jump into your history with toys and, and of course, you know uh, the, the AEW figures, um, we ask all of our guests, what are you currently collecting? I'm currently collecting a lot of stuff. I'm pretty all over the map when it comes to collecting. I just usually, uh, whatever I like, I'll try to like pick it up, even if it's like random things. But lately, I've been kind of on a six-scale kick, so I've been buying a bunch of random six-scale figures. Uh, there was this anime that came out. I don't even know what it's called, but they had like a lizard face dude. It looked pretty cool. I just picked that dude up. And just like random, random IPs. Uh, this one's called Mind Game. I don't know what it's called. It's by Damn Toys. It's like this dude in a big puffer jacket. It's awesome. Just really detailed. So I kind of just pick up a lot of inspiration from all over the place and just look at that stuff I like and definitely try to incorporate it into like my work. 
use it as inspiration. That's interesting. So, so you, it's almost like uh, it's it's the equivalent of, of somebody who is is walking through like a liquor store and they buy a bottle of wine because the label looks cool. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, no, that's awesome because I mean that that must create you know a a really cool uh, you know and very textured display with all the just the different you know the different figures and like the different looks and everything. Definitely, yeah. Like I'm looking at it now, like I'm kind of getting lost in it. Like it, it's like just a bunch of stuff. Like you said, texture is a good word. It's all over the map, but yeah, I try to just think about it as inspiration and try to just think about like what I like about certain things and why I like this versus that or why something is more successful than something else and just really just try to soak it all in and see what's out there. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a, a very cool, very eclectic uh, collection of toys, which is really awesome. Um, Magic, how did you find your way into the toy industry? Um, I actually had always wanted to be a toy designer since I was pretty young. I think when I was like 11 or 12, I like was playing with the Ninja Turtle and I realized like, this is like some artwork, like someone sculpted this and someone created this and that actually could be like a line of work to get into. And like, it's part of like, it's like a type of art doing this type of thing. And so I was really driven just by that thought. And I kind of focused all my efforts towards, uh, this path of toy design ever since like eighth grade really and then high school did a ton of art classes sculpting i made my own clays and ceramics and stuff and lots of drawing and then in college i was really fortunate that uh la has a college otis college of art and design that actually has a toy design program and it's really well connected and really probably the best thing you can do to get into the toy industry so i focused all my efforts into getting into otis and going through there and then been working in the industry ever since that's awesome. What what were some of the um the early things that you like when you when you first broke into the industry? Um, what were some of the first things that you got a an opportunity to work on? Uh, when I was still in college, I interned at Jacks Pacific, Pacific. So I uh, what did I work on? I worked on the Men in Black and Real Steel with the uh, the Hugh Jackman the the uh, the the uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It kind of came and went. It's kind of sad. It didn't really last too long. Same thing with Men in Black 3. Those things kind of just came and went. But I did that stuff, and I was pretty like informative. But then I also got a chance to work on a girls' team when I was there. So I ended up doing like uh, Wink stalls and different like glitter fairy stuff. That's pretty cool, too, I guess. Yeah, man. I mean, it, well, I'm, that's the. It, it's crazy to think about it like that because, of course, we'll we'll get into the, the wrestling figures um, in a little bit. But I think you know, having a background like that, where you've had the opportunity to work on vastly different lines, it does inform you know future things. So, like, I'm sure, like working on you know a, a line that was more so about you know, you know, like you said, like glitter and fairies and stuff it teaches you i'm sure more of kind of like the delicate end of things and the more kind of like dainty aspects of of toy making like smaller joints and kind of that issue and you know now you're working on you know wrestling figures that have these very small details and i'm sure you're drawing on some of that for you know for some of those details yeah absolutely especially with the soft goods I think that was my first time actually getting to see how soft goods were manufactured at that point and like picking patterns and like those types of different things and textiles and all the stuff that's out there in that world that I've never had known before. So that was pretty cool too. 
what was what was like a a a, a surprise from from maybe like working on an IP that you weren't expecting to be working on? When I got out of college, I worked at Jack Specific. I got hired after college and actually worked on Monsuno, which was a Jeremy Padauer creation. I met Jeremy for the first time then. I don't think he remembers me, but like I worked for him for about three months doing that on Monsuno, which was kind <laughs> of a Pokemon-esque battle yeah. game. You guys yep. remember that? Yep, yep. Yeah. So then from there, I went to uh, Whammo, uh, which was a ton of like outdoor play stuff, like slip and slide, boogie boards, general sports equipment, and inflatables, pool toys, just really all over the map with that stuff. So that was kind of eye-opening, actually, because I got to do a lot of stuff I never thought I would be doing, which is pretty cool. So so going back to the the idea of the, the textiles um, and kind of the the deco aspect of of toy making um each release in the unrivaled line the, the aw unrivaled line which you are you're now creating for which you're creating for now uh represents a specific appearance um that each wrestler has made so what goes into the decision to represent you know one episode of dynamite you know that it, that a, a wrestler appears in versus a pay-per-view show and you know recreating some of those those outfits that like the wrestlers themselves were were you know responsible for creating do you you know work with them directly do you work with the the people that made the costumes originally tell us a little bit about that kind of whole process of of deciding what outfit the uh a given wrestler is going to wear yes so we work with AEW to get photo reference and usually that's all we'll, the extent of what we'll get uh, we haven't worked with the costume creators yet, even though I think that would be tremendously helpful if we could, but I don't think we have access to them just yet. But what we try to do is just represent the uh, the look as accurately as possible. So the challenge would be, obviously, it's a miniature. It's not a real-sized person, so there's a ton of details that we can include. There's a ton of details that we can include just for costuming reasons or even just because maybe like the sizing doesn't work or something It's just really detail-oriented. So I try to literally just make his things as, ac- as accurate and authentic as possible and try to bring all of the details we can into these things and then cut out what we have to, but still try to maintain the original look of them and try to capture the spirit as best as possible. And I think actually we've been really successful so far in these first five waves of representing them really well and not cutting too much out, or if we have doing it in ways that's not noticeable. And yeah, so far we haven't gotten in trouble for it. That's good. <laughs> yeah i mean the, the the costuming has been outrageously good and and like you know full disclosure uh you know dave typically handles the the wrestling figure end of our of our podcast you know I'm, i i watch aew i watch wwe but dave is is more so the the collector of the wrestling figures but today i was fortunate enough on my uh on one of my toy hunts i found um a full case of uh of wave three so I am. I'm currently. It was like, um, as as our friends at the the major wrestling figure podcast say, uh, it was figure fate. Um, <laughs> the the target gods knew that that we were interviewing you tonight, so they they left me in Orange Cassidy. Um, but you know, going into what you just mentioned with the detail with the you know the pockets, the fact that he can put his hands in his pockets, the T-shirt, the fact that the like what you guys did so that you didn't have to make a full t-shirt, you know, the, the Velcro mm-hmm. so that he, that way he can have the t-shirt with the jacket or just the jacket. Yeah, I was going to mention both of those things. Like that's just 
sheer innovation right there. Thanks. Yeah, I'm glad you guys dig it. Um, that was always going to be a challenge, but like we knew he had to put his hands in his pockets. Like he had to do it. Like we had to figure out some way, hell or high water, that we made his hands go in his pockets just because he's just so known for that. It'd be such a big missed opportunity if we didn't try. Uh, the jacket thing too was mostly because we didn't want the shirt to be super bulky. So we wanted it to be able to fit nice and tight on him. So it's not too like big and doesn't look too funky on him. Cause he's a kind of a small figure. So we did that, tried to think of ways to make everything work. Uh, for those pockets, my main concern really was that we wouldn't pass some sort of QA testing because Jazzers has really high standards when it comes to quality assurance and the quality testing. So my big concern was like, oh, this isn't going to pass a pull test or it's going to tear easily or it's going to do something and then we're not going to be able to do it. So I was kind of really worried about that originally. But thankfully, it all passed and it all worked out. And then my original vision for it actually came to fruition. So that was really exciting to see. And then the fan response has been really awesome to see too. People really, really dig it and like appreciate that aspect of it. So it's been well worth all the effort put into oh. it. Oh yeah, the the lazy thumbs up and the hands that go straight into the mm-hmm. pockets. I mean, it's it's and and you know, going back to the idea of costuming, right? Like he's a figure where like you once you nail it, like that's it, right? Like he doesn't have any alternate looks. He's he's just yeah. that's him, right? And yeah. and you can hit the alternate look because you don't have to put the t-shirt on him. Yeah. Like the alternate look is he doesn't wear a t-shirt under the denim jacket. Yeah. Or you can take the sunglasses off. You know, like, like yeah. you, you have, you have everything that you need to, for an art. Like it is, it's, it, it's, it's like the ultimate orange Cassidy figure. It, it really is. Like it has everything that you, that you could possibly ask for. Um, but going back to the idea of, of the costuming, right? Like a, like, um, stars like the young bucks, how, how did you decide like, okay, this is the outfit that we're going to do for the wave one figures. And then this is the outfit we're going to do for the wave three figures because they, you know, they seemingly have a new a new costume or a new variation on their ring gear every episode of Dynamite. Yeah, those guys change it up a lot. It's pretty cool to see. For Wave 1, it's actually pretty easy because that was the first event they did, Double or Nothing. So we were trying to capture all of those looks from like their very first appearance in AEW, the first event, uh, Double or Nothing 2019. So that one was kind of easy. And those were pretty spectacular looks, to be honest. Those Elvis costumes are awesome. Oh, yeah. Getting yeah, the jumpsuits make- are great. Yeah. So that jacket was, I love seeing that come to fruition in production because that was a real challenge to make those jackets, just costing-wise, pull test-wise, safety-wise, all that stuff. There was a lot going into those. I'm happy they actually came out pretty well. Uh, even the printing on the back was hard to do and hard to get accomplished. But you fight a lot of battles and try to get things looking as good as possible. Sometimes you don't win, but then I felt like with Wave 1, we got a lot of wins in there, so it was pretty cool. Uh, for Wave 3, those outfits, I had seen them do a lot of public like publicity photos in those specific outfits. So I wanted to choose something that they would be well-known for and like really recognizable as the Bucks in. So those ones we chose because not only are they kind of simple, so they're a little bit easier to make and not so much detail, so we're going to like have to cheap out on them or cut a bunch of uh, details out to not do properly. I thought they were like really iconic to the Young Bucks as well as being a really cool look, just gold and blue. Like, it can't really go wrong with those colors, I thought. Yeah, and uh, having now seen them for in person the first time today, uh, they, they really do pop. Um, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, I, I promised myself I was just going to get an Orange Cassidy for 
the, the <laughs> photo photo promotions. I, I can't buy this whole case. I, I can't do it. Dave Dave already has the figures. If I got to borrow them for mm-hmm. photos, I'll just bug him. But I need an Orange Cassidy. I needed him. Something about seeing him in person, like I, I even when I see him in stores, I feel like I I need to buy them. Like oh, I can't just leave them here. They're hard to find. I need them for myself. But then I think like I have so many of these. Like, I I have to leave them for someone else. <laughs> but I, the, I yeah. The, I don't the know collector community. No, the collector community appreciates it. One yeah. <laughs> and and two. I mean that feeling. I, has to be surreal like i i can't i can't imagine i mean we we, we talked to we, we've talked to other you know designers and it's i ask them all the same question it's like what what does it really feel like to be walking you know in target you know you walk into target for you know for ice cream or milk or toilet paper or whatever and you're like yeah let me just poke in the toy aisle and look at the stuff that i made <laughs> yeah i mean it's different for me because i definitely go to target just for the toys like ice cream and toilet paper will come secondary, but like it's definitely straight to the toys and like, okay, what do they got here? One of but, us, one of us. <laughs> yeah, they did it today. I got, I'm really lucky. There's a target literally around the corner from me. They just built it like a year ago. So it's pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah. So that was actually nice. cool walking in there, seeing the figures in the local target. Cause I was thinking like, man, these things were made like around the corner from here. Like, I don't know if like, anyone would think of that. Like that. Oh, these were all designed five minutes from here. But yeah, I uh, the first time I did see him, I did buy two. I felt bad. I bought a Phoenix and MJF because they were the only ones left, and I was like, I I need to buy these. Just have the experience of buying my own figures. It's something I was so like intimate with, and like starting the line and kind of being so crucial to these developments. Like these are kind of my babies more than anything else I've ever done. So I had to have that experience purchasing them. So I'm sorry, fellow collectors. Two figures you're missing out on because of me. You earned it. You earned it, Magic. Yeah, <laughs> that's you. cool though. That's cool though. Um, so which wrestler has been the most hands-on so far? Uh there's been a lot. So last year at Toy Fair, we had all those wrestlers come by. They've been really hands-on liking their stuff. Kenny Omega, Adam Page, and Young Bucks. Uh, but I would say to me directly is probably Santana. He actually followed me and like messaged me and stuff and said how much he liked the figures, which has been really cool. He's just an awesome guy. So I'm glad his figure came out so well. He's definitely deserving yeah, of it. Yeah, it's easily... The Santana and Ortiz are my favorite of, of the Series 4 ones. Um, like, 100% definitely on the, the early... Um, could make the top 10 of the year list. Like, for me, those are just hands-down amazing figures. Um, but not to mention just, you know, seeing some of the stuff, too, that Santana's put on, on Instagram with... Um, showing the toys to to his daughter and just you know his being a collector for for his life too and just being able to kind of see his own figure is amazing yeah that's what's really special for me too just seeing these guys that are avid collectors and who have been working in this industry for a long time like they're finally getting their like all their dues paid and they're coming up and they're getting all the exposure they deserve and they're finally getting their figures and yeah seeing that's been really really special especially for santana and the other cool thing too is, uh, especially with the AEW roster, seeing a lot of um, just being from like this, the New York, New Jersey area, um, seeing a lot of the AEW roster from back when they were just coming up in like their indie days is amazing to now see them be in a figure form is awesome too. Yeah, that's cool. There's definitely a lot of East Coast guys in the AEW, aren't there? Yeah. Got MJF, Silver, all them. Eddie Kingston. Kingston. Eddie Kingston. 
That's awesome. Um, Alex Reynolds, yeah, Santana, Ortiz. So, so many. Um, Joey, Janela. Mm. Um, so what goes into the selection process for each series? So there's typically lots of like rounds of it. Like we'll choose what we like for a wave, then we'll go back to AEW. They'll either prove it or say what takes people out or offer suggestions of who should go in there, and we'll go back and forth. Because there's kind of a, just a lot of stuff that goes into decision-making, really. Not only just costing, but like what we have existing, what's new, how do we out, like all the different aspects of it. So we try to weigh everything as evenly as possible and like try to make really exciting waves that make sense from a storytelling perspective. So you have tag teams that are grouped together. You have rivalries that are grouped together. You have people that like kind of work within a wave. Like when you see them all together, like it makes sense in a way. It's not just necessarily all just random guys. So it's a long, complicated process. Has there has there been um, and I mean, granted, we're we're only five series into the you know, and a, and a couple of you know special box sets, right? Has there really been instances where you guys have presented a wave of figures and AEW has been like, well, actually, could you do this guy instead of this guy? Like, they really are that hands on to like the the character selection. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's been a couple. There's been probably every wave. There's people that uh, AEW suggests instead of or maybe the timing's not right on them. So yeah, it's, it's a collaborative process for sure. That's awesome to hear, actually, because like, you know, it, it's been a long time since we've had, um, you know, a, a, another uh, major wrestling company produce action figures, right? And and another company that has really kind of, you know, risen high enough to compete with somebody like you know, like the WWE, and the fact that like they, you know. Tony, Tony Khan, and you know the rest of the people in charge at AEW. The fact that they are being this hands-on with their toys, like it really kind of gives you those old, you know, warm and fuzzies from you know the, the rivalries <laughs> of the '90s. It's 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 fantastic, and uh, I, frankly, I I love to hear stuff like that. It's that's that makes me very happy. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I really enjoy working with AEW. They've been nothing but like great to all of us, like from the top down, like being there for our events, giving us support recording stuff for reveals like they've been really really great yeah that last set of reveals was the last awesome. reveal was really cool <laughs> yeah right i wasn't expecting that i was surprised by it too it was pretty cool to see and i loved that the first the first one that uh that jeremy shared was uh Hikaru Shida. I that was like i um like double fist pumped in the air when i saw that i was like yeah <laughs> um so you, you guys have have produced a lot of figures so far a, a, you know a lot of different superstars um, if you had to pick pick one, uh, who's who's the favorite one that uh, or, or your favorite design so far? Uh, you know, I would have said Pentagon maybe like a month or two ago because I just love Pentagon. Like I've been watching him for years now, seeing him at indies and seeing him like up close wrestle and getting to see him on TV is really really special. And making his figures been awesome. But I'm probably leaning more towards Santana right now, mostly because I feel like. His like outfit's not super crazy. Like he's more of a straightforward wrestler versus like Darby Allen or Pentagon, who like look cool, like look really cool on their own. So it's kind of hard to like mess those guys up, you know. But like Santana and Ortiz, like they're normal guys. Like getting them to look as good as they did, I'm kind of really stoked about that, and like really proud of those two in particular. You know, I was I was hoping that was going to be your answer, only because you know, and, and kudos to you, really seriously because there are so many toyetic 
um, personalities on AEW. Um, one of the one of the ones that you guys just announced for um, series five, I believe, uh, Luchasaurus. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we haven't we haven't seen the final product yet. Just the just the um, the renders. But like, you want to talk about a toyetic guy? I mean, like, yeah. you don't get more you you don't get really more toyetic than a guy that's you know a a a, a lucha dinosaur. I mean, it's it, it's fantastic. I can't wait to see the the final image of that. But taking a to your point, like somebody who's more of just kind of an old school, you know, normal guy wrestler, and making a, an incredible toy out of that is a feat. Like that's that's a feat, and and you. You really did accomplish that. I mean, both of those proud, um, proud and powerful. They're they're fantastic. Both 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 Santana and Ortiz. So, yeah, kudos to you, man. Uh, thank you so much. I'm glad you feel that way. Like, yeah. like down down to the sneakers that Ortiz wears. Like it's <laughs> the the amount of detail is unreal. Yeah, I love those those foot shoe things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they were they were they were very tedious to design too, right? It's yeah. like, God damn it! I got to give him toes. Like <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, "He really wears these wrestling?" Like I didn't even notice. That's pretty cool. And of course, we can, we can't talk about them without talking about the the single greatest accessory that any wrestler has ever come with. The chunkla. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew as soon as they pulled that out of that like a uh, that birthday bag thing for Jericho, I was like, oh, "That's gonna that's gonna be in the figure." <laughs> Oh, so good! I nearly, I nearly peed myself when <laughs> when it came, when the the impact shots came out that day, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, that was immediately what I thought of was like back to the Jericho birthday bag. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm growing up Hispanic. I've definitely been at the wrath of the, of the end of one of those chanclas, so I, I feel the fear of seeing it. So I knew, like, yeah, we have to do that. That's the most powerful weapon of all <laughs> in history. So going from uh, your favorite design to one you're you're looking forward to, um, is there a, a member of the AEW roster that has not been announced yet that you are just looking forward to, you know, taking on some somebody that you'd really love to to work with and and work on a figure for? Uh, definitely Brian Cage. He's going to be awesome. He's got he's got to be in there soon. I can't. Have- say anything more but whenever we get to do brian cage i'm really looking forward to doing him he's just an action figure just looking at him he looks like yeah, he is a human he is a human action figure yeah i mean yeah he 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 is, he is a living he-man figure he <laughs> thinking about it like i'm thinking like people should just do customs and pop a, a custom head on a he-man like torso it might actually work <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and especially with like the Wolverine sideburns and everything. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. What um, we've seen many clips of the AEW wrestlers reacting to seeing their figures for the first time. Um, we actually got to see one at Toy Fair when we saw um, Dustin Rhodes see his figure. Um, which reaction stood out to you? You know, MJF was pretty surprising. Like he was really gracious about it and really like loved his figure more than I thought he would. I was thinking he was going to uh, not be very nice about it, but he was pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, it, hopefully he doesn't hear this, because if he hears that uh, that you called him gracious about <laughs> yeah, anything, he's, he's probably not going to be very happy with I'm you. I'm going to get in trouble. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it in, but we'll also send you, uh, send you our, <laughs> our information for uh, the witness protection program, because, you know. 
or you could just talk to Jeremy because Jeremy got out of hot water with him with the uh, with with the whole chase situation. So you just have to you have to shoot him an email and <laughs> figure out how to Definitely. stay out of uh, MJF's path. Man, we were in Chicago after like I think last year for Revolution. Like they were doing the signing, and then he signed some kid's forehead, like MJF, like he ta- or autographed it. And like I asked the kid, like, did you want that? He's like, no, he just did it. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> he is next level like i i yeah i mean he talk about living sleeping breathing eating what what he loves i mean he is just he's mjf (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. heal to the core um do you see fan input ever becoming involved in uh helping design a wrestler for either unrivaled or unmatched oh definitely we've always been listening to the fans and definitely taking all the input in and like trying to fix things as we go along like I, yeah, Jeremy especially is really on top of like listening to people, like trying to get things improved just based on feedback. Yeah, and and we've seen that from you know from skin tone to faces to you know accessories mm-hmm. to everything. Like you know the the line has so quickly evolved from series one to where we are, you know where we are now. It's it, if and and that's one of the things I think. And and Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, but like. You know, having somebody like Jeremy, um, who has such a, a long history with wrestling figures, right? I mean, he's he's often referred to as the godfather of, of wrestling figures, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, having somebody like him with his experience, I think it, it, it must be comforting to know that you kind of, that he's got your back, right? Like, that he's he's going to listen and he's going to help you get what you need to produce the best possible product. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Like you nailed it on the head. Like it's really, really comforting knowing because he knows exactly what these figures need to be. And like the expectation levels from consumers and fans of what they want, like what's expected by now. Cause wrestling figures in particular have evolved so drastically over the years. Like now they're like got to do top notch or not even competing anymore. But another person too, like doesn't get enough recognition. I think it's Greg, Greg Mitchell, like he works like overtime and he really is like the biggest spokesperson for this brand and really pushing to make it as best as possible. So I'm really thankful to work with him too. Yeah. And, and you guys are all, it's, it's fantastic. And I mean, we, we are, are fortunate enough to, you know, be sitting here having this conversation with you and, you know, we've, we've, we've spoken to Greg, we've spoken to Jeremy here on this podcast. Um, but I, I, we watch you guys interact with, the the wrestling toy photographers we watch you interact with just kind of the the fans who have questions the collectors you guys are so transparent and approachable it's almost like like at at first it's almost like is this truly sincere like i can't believe that these are (laughs) at real life you know creative people in the positions that they are answering the really getting into the weeds of of the whole thing and it's i think that's part of the reason why you can't find these things anywhere you know because people know the amount of work and like, you know, if, if you're somebody who, who started collecting wrestling, you know, these wrestling figures in wave one, right. And you were vocal about feedback, you could almost go as far as to say, like, you know, part of your feedback is the reason why wave four and wave three are the way that they are, because, you know, you guys listen. And I, I think more people need to understand that and need to, 
need to kind of hear that you guys really are paying attention and that you guys are listening and you know it and things are very obviously improving you know you're taking a, a great thing that was great to begin with and you're you're constantly making it better and it's it's awesome to watch watch the process happen yeah definitely like i think that's what is what's cool is that jeremy did encourage us to be like open with people and to interact with people online and be spokespersons for the brand because we do love this stuff like i eat sleep and whatever AEW is like my life basically right now just especially being in lockdown like i'm surrounded by the figures that's kind of all i do all day so when i hear other people as passionate about them or people like as invested into getting them and making them even better like we've definitely got to listen i enjoy the interactions for sure and the other thing that's cool about it is um you know you're seeing like not only is the line evolving but you're also seeing the the wrestlers themselves evolve because AEW is only, you know, a new company and, you know, these figures, this is a new line. So you're seeing like, okay, um, you know, we've seen now Cody with, um, with the ringside one that's coming now, he has his neck tattoo and the uh, original TNT title coming from the original, um, double or nothing Cody, you know, like Chris Jericho has changed his look and now we're getting a new Chris Jericho. So like, the the line is evolving with the company, which is great to see. Yeah, definitely. And we definitely need them to keep evolving, too, because they're going to get stuck pretty soon making the same figure over and over if they don't. So I'm, I'm happy, like, Cody changes his look, like, almost every week, it feels like. And, like, Jericho, too. Yeah, like Jericho, now he's got the scarf and the bat, and, you know, like, yeah. there's, there's always something new. Yeah. So- that's really good for us because we could keep making more and like do more exciting stuff and then recreate these like looks that are really iconic from the, all the upcoming future iconic moments that happen. It's gonna be, it's gonna be really fun. Yeah, I, I still I still am hoping that you guys put out uh, that joke wave of just all Cody's. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind it. I like Cody. He's a cool guy. <laughs> Um, before we get into kind of the, some of the future stuff for, for, uh, for AEW, I feel like if, if we fail to mention the UFC figures, we're, we're, we're missing an opportunity here because those are incredibly awesome too. And we're, you know, we're, you guys just announced the wave one of the new, um, UFC figures that are, you know, the different scale now. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, about that. Like how did we go from that one specialized, you know, smaller scale UFC figures to, you know, what, what, what we can see now in the future? Yeah, so so like I think last year Jazzwork gave me like a pretty good opportunity to take over UFC as well as well as doing AEW. So what I wanted to do like immediately was just make them all in the same world and keep what we're going with AEW. Do that with UFC and keep them in that same scale and try to give them the same articulation uh, just to keep them playable with each other. So you could set up dream matches between wrestlers and UFC fighters. And with those guys, like it's pretty much the same approach as with the AEW guys. We just want to recreate like moments. So if you look at the UFC Wave Ones, they're all from specific dates and they're all from specific times. Uh, like for instance, Conor McGregor is from when he won his double belts or the two belts and became the first double champion in UFC, or one of the first. I'm not sure if he was the first. So we gave him two belts. We gave him that attire from that night. We gave him hair, everything, his look from that specific night. So we re- can recreate that specific moment. And yeah, just create different play patterns and create different worlds of UFC and like uh, like celebrate these times and celebrate like these moments in history. Yeah, I I love that you guys moved them to the same scale as the uh, 
you know, as what you're doing for the AEW figures, because of course too, and you know, we talk about this all the time with the, the, uh, Fortnite figures is like, it's so cool that you have figures that are the same scale with stuff that other companies are doing. So like, you know, wrestling Fortnite, they're great examples where you can really kind of have the matches of your dreams. And we've all been doing that, you know, as when we were kids, whether it was with Hasbro Hasbro's WWF guys at the time and, you know, the WCW Galoob figures or, you know, the, the toy biz WCW figures and the, the Jacks, you know, bone crunchers and then Titantron figures, right? Like we were always taking all of the figures and kind of mashing them together in the ring. And now, you know, you can do the same thing, but with UFC, you know, WWE's entire catalog, AEW wrestlers, like everybody scales together so nicely. And it's, it's just like, I love it. It's, it's like an unspoken handshake. Yeah. That's a good way to think of it. I like that unspoken handshake. It's fun too. Cause like Fortnite, they're like, like every license is in Fortnite now. So like Star Wars, Mm -hmm. uh, Mandalorian, all those guys are like, they're in Fortnite. So if you have Fortnite figures and you have these other figures, they kind of just work together and it's pretty fun to play with them. Yeah, I've been I've been losing my mind the past few weeks with the Fortnite stuff because it's like they announced like Ripley and the Xenomorph from Alien. Oh, nice. So like I immediately like ripped out like I was like, all right, well I can take the the six inch Master Chief figure from Jazzwares and I can take my Jazzwares Fortnite figures and then my NECA Alien <laughs> and yeah. you know uh, Marvel Legends Captain America and like here we go like <laughs> everybody get in the light box we're gonna have some fun. <laughs> yeah that's awesome now um just you know thinking of ufc real quick um and you were saying like different moments in ufc history um is there anything you know any idea or any plans of going like kind of back towards you know older ufc is almost more like legendary stuff absolutely like that's definitely key to get their bunch of legends there's so much like a rich history of ufc to pull from we definitely want to go back and do as much as we can that way well, also, we want to celebrate the new guys, the up-and-comers, and people that are currently like on the roster. So it's like a trying to strike a balance between them, for sure. What Dave is trying to tell you is he really just wants like a like a like <laughs> Frank Grace, like a Gracie figure. Oh, nice, <laughs> right? Or uh, or Chuck Liddell. Yeah, it'd be fun to do Gracie with a gee. That'd be pretty cool. Hmm. Hey, I mean, if you could do if you could do a denim jacket. You can, you can definitely do a gi. Um, Frank Mir would be cool though too. Yeah, it's like a beat up Brock Lesnar. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> Speaking of legends, something that that also comes up quite frequently, and 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 again, not to not to keep bringing up Jeremy, but something that he's kind of you know um, mentioned on Twitter a few times, mentioned on Instagram. Uh, and that he's outright famous for the the legends lines, right? So like the the rest wrestlers that are not currently, you know, basically the ones that are not contracted by WWE, right? Um, if like, do you see the possibility of even kind of re exploring that legends line that he was so famous for? You know, at, you know, the 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 superstars line. Absolutely, I think Jeremy's gone on record saying we're going to do legends. Celebrating the like history of wrestling is definitely what we're trying to do. There's still like, so much out there that never got figures or haven't got modern figures. That should be really fun to do, for sure. I, I, we're we're super excited for it. I mean that that line was absolutely iconic, and to to see the quality that you guys are putting into the AEW figures and to some of these you know really kind of like forgotten you know 
uh, superstars and get them into hands of like the next generation and new generation of collectors and hell us. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's an exciting, it's an exciting uh, prospect. Well, that and it, it advances, you know, history. It's it's basically giving a history lesson to to everyone. Hey, this person was somebody of note. Now do some research and watch some old stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely, like more access to it now than ever too, with YouTube and whatever else you can yep. find online. Yeah, I just watched for the first time. Uh, Dave, I'm going to screw it up. Onita and Terry Funk. Yep, you're right. Right, I got it. Onita and Terry Funk's uh, uh, exploding barbed wire match. Watched that for the first time last night, nice. and it was amazing. Yeah, I wanted to go. Been meaning to go back and watch the Terry Funk Mankind or Mick Foley barbed wire match. Ooh, I don't. I yeah, gotta, that's a good one. I got to go back to that one too. Um, so, so talking about things in the future, we we've you know we've seen the you know the unrivaled you know five five series of the unrivaled line. Um, and you guys have talked about the unmatched line. What 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 can you tell us uh, about the AEW unmatched figures? So yeah, so this is where we're actually going to start to see some legends pop in, and some people, old timers. I don't know what a better word to say them pop in that you wouldn't necessarily get in the unrivaled line. You're going to get more different stuff. Uh, can't really give too much away, but. There's a lot of surprises in Unmatched, which is going to be are going to be really fun for people, and I think collectors are going to really dig them. Awesome, we love surprises, and just just you telling us that there are surprises coming is is more than enough news to keep us happy. <laughs> well, I hope there's surprises. <laughs> Jeremy uh, said a bunch of stuff on Twitter, but I'm not following him super close, so I, he maybe he already revealed it. He, I don't it, know. There, I we we are on him like hawks. There has been no no name droppage yet as of yeah. yet. So good. Um, so here's uh, a good question. Are we going to see the tag team titles come to the line in the near future? Um, I know that the first tag team champions SCU were announced um, for, for wave five. Well, I can't confirm or deny anything, but I'll just say that we'll definitely see the tag team titles eventually in the line. hundred percent. Yeah, it's the only, only one we're, uh, we're missing now, right? Because we have the women's title, we have the TNT title, we have the championship title. We need those tag titles. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this is a, the short portion of our, our uh, show before we, uh, before we really kind of wrap it up and let you go, where we posted a story on our Instagram. Thank you, by the way, for, for sharing it on yours as well. And we got a series of um of questions and we also got a series of suggestions <laughs> um so what i'll do is uh we'll, we'll break this up um dave is going to ask you the first question from one of our followers and then in the middle um before we we do the, the last question uh from from our followers i'm just gonna hit you with just the suggestions of a bunch of our followers <laughs> that just wanted you to hear their opinion. <laughs> and uh, the, they, they will not be in the form of a question. You don't have to answer anything. Just so that people people know that they were heard. Okay. That, does that sound good? <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> All right, Dave. Let, let's, uh, let's hit magic with the first question from our followers. All right. Um, I'm just going to spell this uh, handle. I think it's Adalytics. At analytics what's your earliest influence in action figure or toy design 
Um, easily, uh, Ninja Turtles. Like I was a growing up, I loved Ninja Turtles. Like I still do. They influenced my life like hugely. I don't know why, uh, but like I was obsessed with them growing up. I was obsessed with them when I was a teenager when they brought them back, like in two thousand or two thousand four. And that line actually really kind of inspired me. That's the one I was talking about earlier where I saw a figure and it kind of clicked in my head like, oh, someone made this and I could do this for a living. So that 2004 TMNT line really kind of inspired me to look, go for it. And I collected a ton of them. I'm, yeah. And then seeing now the stuff NECA is putting out, which is just like a thousand times better than any Ninja Turtle toy previously. It's just been insane just to see the level of detail we're at now, like how much things have evolved from the 80s till now. Yeah, people have heard me make this this claim, and I, I swear, I, to, the, to this day, I still swear it's true, that, I, so I love the Ninja Turtles, you know, like, I had, I played with Dave's Turtles once I was older, because, like, those first Turtles were dated the year I was born, um, so I always made the joke, because, like, for me, the Ninja Turtles were the two movies, like, by the time, you know, Turtles and then Secret of the Ooze came out, like, that was, like, perfect time for me, so Ninja Ninja Turtles, like, film jim henson turtles right um i always make the joke that the neca stuff is so beautiful i can't fall down that that rabbit hole but if they ever make kevin nash super shredder or if they make the absolutely insane coming out of their shells tour turtles i'm in i will i will buy those turtles i will buy that shredder and then i'll hunt down a like a, a movie splinter and i'm good and neca asked me to put my money where my mouth was last year <laughs> um and i got them <laughs> and they are they are no joke like immediately like so, so star wars is really my big thing in terms of collecting i i completely demolished one of my display cubes that was previously all star wars just so that i could have those turtles on display permanently <laughs> like they're never going to go anywhere that's it like they are perfect action figures <laughs> they're absolutely insanely crazy i love them and to your point yes like it is absolutely incredible um i actually just found my original super shredder this past weekend from playmates toys from from like 1992 or whatever um and i took a picture of it next to like the new super shredder and it's just it's amazing how far we've come <laughs> yeah it's kind of like weird. It's kind of like video games in a way. It's like in the '90s, like the video games we were playing, like Mario looked awesome, and then you go back and it's like, wow, it's just pixels and stuff. It's kind of like the same for toys. Seeing them, it's like where they were incredible in the time, and then now it's like just been super HD'd and brought to life. Like it's like such an insane fashion now. It's really cool. Speaking of video games, you see that that Turtles video game that was announced today, the the Shredder's Revenge one. I did not. I heard the name. I thought it was a cartoon, though. I didn't see more about it. That I'll sounds sure, awesome. Um, I'll, I'll share a link with you, but it's like an old-school, like, Turtles in Time beat-em-up that's in the style of the animated series. Awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, it looks amazing. Um, all, all, all I could think about when you, we were talking about the uh, coming-out-of-their-shells turtles is just going to Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> Pizza power. It takes me back. <laughs> What, what, I think it's Pizza Power Flying Saucer Something Delight. Yeah, it's absolutely I insane. Um, <laughs> I don't remember. I, I recently rewatched it with uh, with Maddie, Dave, and she loved the, the entire concert. I'm sure. When I think of those, I always think of those like hardcore edits they made from the Turtles and the uh, Yes. Show thing. 
where it's like a hardcore band and they just like edit together. Amazing. I don't know why. I love those. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So I don't. I don't know what we'll call this, but like, here's a bunch of suggestions. <laughs> um. All right. So I'm gonna put. I have these in order. Um. Of of the amount that they were suggested. Because these, believe it or not, every single one of these that you are about to hear are all repeats. So, like, there is nothing you're about to hear that was, like, just requested by one person. Okay. It's here. All right. Lots of requests for the figures to be in Malaysia. To be in Malaysia? Yeah. The AEW figures to to be sold somewhere in Malaysia. Interesting. Apparently, they still have Toys R Us there. So. That's awesome. So. Malaysia. Um. Second, yeah, that was the most suggested one, Malaysia. Um, second most suggested one is people would really like a scale octagon for the UFC figures. Absolutely, so, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think that would be great too. At Toy Fair, we saw the figures in uh, last year. We saw the figures in an octagon, but that, those, that was the original, those original figures, the smaller scale figures. And, and the octagon was, honestly, it was probably just part of the display. But um, they would look awesome with an octagon. Um, the third most requested one: the young bucks in their Street Fighter outfit. Mm-hmm. So that's there you go. That's a good um, one. And then, I mean, you would need the Kenny to go with it, though. Yeah, because if you don't, he was dressed up as Ken, right, or Ryu? Uh, he was Akuma. Akuma, right? They yeah. were Ken and Ryu, and yeah. he was Akuma. They were yeah. Ken and Ryu, and he was, and he was Akuma. Yeah, he actually wore the same thing he, that he wore in the Wave 1 version. He just had different hair. It was like kind of dyed red a little bit and tied up. And he had the symbol painted on his back. It's pretty cool uh, looking. It is. That, though, yeah, those, those are really cool outfits. And then um, the last one is... Uh, so we talked about Legends. So um, I'm actually going to... Yeah, we talked about Legends already. So this is part legends, but the other the other one is we had three different people ask, "Will there be legends?" And all three of them want the Steiner brothers. Nice. <laughs> so, so some big Papa Pump love. Yeah, the numbers don't lie. So there you go. Um, so the 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 uh, I'm gonna let let Dave do the uh, the last question here from our our followers. Okay, and uh, this is a mashup of uh, just a bunch of different questions. So, are you considering more playset-like items outside of rings? Absolutely. There's definitely a whole world we can build. Yeah. Awesome. Well, there you go. Um, I know... <laughs> I, that's, not, I, wait, that's not necessarily to say anything's necessarily coming, but yeah. definitely considered. Considered. That's... That's that's why we worded it that way. Considering <laughs> yep. we don't we don't want we don't want to lock you into something that you don't want to lock yourself into. So are you are considering it? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, Magic. Uh, Dave. Uh, also, outside of being co-host of this podcast, serves as our James Lipton. Um. So, Miss <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mr. Lipton, would you like to take the final question? <laughs> um yes uh last question of the evening um what is your favorite and or strangest piece in your collection favorite and or strangest doesn't have to be one thing could be two things but you know could be both could be either one last guest had an answer for both and it almost put us on the ground we were laughing so hard so i mean (laughs) it's 
but but the, no pressure. I'm just saying that that was just an instance where somebody had a very very strange Aunt May figure that just so happened to check literally every box that's ever been. Um, oh wait, bef- before you tell your answer, I just I need to say this. So I found out real quick. Um, Magic. We had uh, Brock McLaughlin on from Spin Master Toys, and he told us about this Toy Biz Aunt May figure that he had. And I looked into it. Not only did I find that it made one of Toy Galaxy's uh, most WTF figures ever made, um, it was on one of his lists, but so Jesse Falcon, who works at Marvel and you know worked with Toy Biz and made a lot of those, those Toy Biz figures, apparently to this day, that figure haunts his, uh, his, his dreams um, <laughs> to the point where he has not ap- approved... Um, an Aunt May figure in that style for Marvel Legends because of how poorly that one came out. <laughs> so, like, not only does does Brock have, like, a really creepy figure in his collection, he has one that, like, potentially has ruined all future attempts at an Aunt May figure <laughs> from, from from anybody connected to Marvel as, as, as long as Jesse still lives and breathes. So, there, there you go. It's... That whole line is a lot. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. Um, so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pepper you with pictures now, Magic. But I'll send you some pictures of this this toy and some of the other ones that were, that were in this line, and it will make you feel a lot better about what you do as as, as, a, great, as a great person. That's awesome. They definitely send those. I want to see it. All right. So now that you've had now that I've distracted you from thinking about your answer. <laughs> You've distracted me from sleeping. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I I think my strangest figure, it's not even it's not that good compared to that anime figure, so be disappointed now. But I have an Enzo Amore uh talking smack figure, I think, whatever it's called, from WWE from when I worked there. But it has a sound chip of John Cena in it. So when you push it, it just says like you can't see me. <laughs> but I don't know, just coming out of Enzo's face, like it just something pretty weird about that. No, that's really good. <laughs> that's good. Oh man! And I'm assuming that was like a pa- that was just a packaging mistake, right? Like the wrong chip ended up in the wrong <laughs> wrong figure. I think it was just like an early, like an earlier, uh, like FEP model or sample, and like they just put the wrong one mm. in there. But yeah, it's like a, I loved it. I mean, I still love Enzo. I think he's great. I know he gets so much hate, and people do not like him and his character. But I thought he was awesome and like really hilarious and really good at what he did. So I would like I would get all the Enzo merch from WWE. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Magic, listen, thank you so much for taking the time out to to be with us tonight and be on Adventures in Collecting. Before we let you go, um, is there anything you'd like to plug? And um, please let everybody know where they can find you online. Uh, online, I'm always just Magic Almost. It's usually my handle for a lot of stuff. So Instagram, Facebook, whatever you can find. I'm not really on Facebook, but Instagram is a place to contact me if you guys want to come suggest more figures, more messages. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just AEW Unrivaled in the UFC and Un- Unmatched coming up too. Just That's the only thing I got going. I love those. It's on my heart and soul right now. So I'm really appreciative of all the support you guys have been giving us and the positive feedback. So thank you guys. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both in our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.